Don't tell me how to drive. Can anybody relate to the driver in that experience? It doesn't matter how desperately the person next to you is begging you to follow their instructions about how to drive. You're just not having it. Listening is hard. It really is. We're going to dive into that tonight. Before we do, I want to say hi. My name is Danny. I'm a pastor here. I'm so glad that we get to worship together. I'm so grateful for those of you who are in this room. I'm so grateful for those of you who are in Iowa City. If you would turn to that camera and say, hi, Iowa City, on the count of three, that'd be great. One, two, three. Hi, Iowa City. We're so glad to join you. And uh, I, uh, I specifically told a few people that we would say hi to those people who are in their rooms tonight because they're sick and they're watching online. So would you go ahead and turn to that camera again and say, hi, sick people. One, two, three. Hi, sick people. You know who you are, uh, but I won't single you out. We're, we, uh, we're, we're very grateful. Thanks so much for packing in here. I love that you guys show up to this space. I promise we're working on making more rooms so that you can stretch out a little more. Uh, you know that there's some uh, renovations that are happening over there. Those are getting done soon. Then eventually we'll make this room even bigger as well. But in the meantime, I'm so glad that you are down with getting cozy. So thanks for that. That's good. We're in a series called Emotionally Healthier Relationships, and we're already in week three. Can you believe that? This is centered around Jesus' most important command that he gives to us. I've shown this to you the last two weeks, and I want to show it to you again tonight. Would you read this with me? Jesus says this is the most important thing we can do. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. Loving God and loving people are inseparable. And the mark of a follower of Jesus is someone who is growing in love. Tonight, we are talking about listening, because one of the best ways that we can love people is by listening to them. There's a German theologian who said, the first step to loving is listening. And I think that that's true. We have a hard time listening, don't we? Because a lot of us like to multitask. A lot of us like to do different things. That just last night, I was sitting next to my wife on the couch, and I'm trying to do a bunch of different things. I'm sitting there. I'm looking at my phone, you know, really important stuff. When she says, you weren't listening, were you? And I was like, that's weird. Why would you start a conversation like that? <laughs> Get it? 
because I wasn't listening. She said other things. I'm kidding. That didn't like exactly happen. But we, had, we have had moments like that because listening is hard. There's somebody else one time who said that you cannot listen and do anything else at the same time. Anybody else convicted by that? Like, oh, I mean, maybe I could. Anybody have this when someone's on the phone with you and you're scrolling, like just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, and you think that you're being an active listener, but the person on the other side of the phone, there's, I know you're not listening to me. How do you know? Because it's taking you 10 seconds to respond. You're not on the other side of the world. I'm not waiting for the signal to go to outer space and back to you on the other side of the world. You're, you're, oh, come on. We have a hard time listening, don't we? James chapter 1, verse 19, it encourages us, be a listener, be quick to listen, be slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Wow, what if we did that? Like, what if Christians were known as being listeners? God longs for us to be listeners. But I think that it's kind of sad, because I don't remember the last time that I heard anybody say, man, those Christians, they love to listen. Those Christians, they just listen so well, so deeply, but what if we did? What if we became the people who were quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry? It is unnatural a little bit. One of my friends one time was talking about the difference between speaking and listening. He said, talking, talking is like eating a cinnamon roll. And listening is like doing squats. Talking is like enjoying a roller coaster. And listening is like reading an academic report. And the funny thing is, that's actually based in science. My friend was a psychology major in college, and the reason why he was saying this is because he found a study from Harvard that found that when we are talking, especially when we're talking about ourselves, the same part of our brain is stimulated as when we're eating comfort foods. When you're eating a comfort food, a certain part of your brain is stimulated. When you're talking about yourself, that same part of your brain is stimulated. And so, of course, it is natural for us to want to talk about ourselves. We get quick satisfaction out of that. What they also found is that when you are talking about yourself, there's a part of your brain that gets stimulated, and that's also the same spot of a brain that gets stimulated when someone takes a hit of cocaine. It's addictive. It's very easy to just keep talking, especially talking about ourselves. And we're living in a world where it's easier to talk. It's easier to share more than ever, right? It's not just in our in-person conversations, but we're trained to always be talking, to always be talking especially about ourselves. Maybe it's in an in-person conversation. Maybe it's in a project that you're working on in school, you're sharing something. Maybe it's just what you're sharing on social media. We're constantly sharing. We're constantly putting out there. But what if we started to listen? We live in a world where people are talking more than ever, but we're also living in a world where it feels like less people are being heard than ever. And that's really hurting us. Do you know what it does to your brain when you feel like you're not heard? I think that we all know what that feels like. We've experienced that. Your brain responds to being ignored in the same way that your brain responds to being punished. When we're not listening to people, we're training them to believe that I don't like you. I'm punishing you. You don't have meaning to me. What if we change that? Because the truth is we cannot have deep connections through one-way conversations. 
One-way conversations do not lead to deep connection. Instead, God wants us to have deep and meaningful relationships, and that comes through listening. Because listening is the first step to loving. Listening is a common theme that's all over the Bible. It starts like this in Deuteronomy chapter 6. It says, listen, O Israel. Listen. This is God's first instruction to God's people. And it starts with, listen. Listen. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. And if that sounds familiar, it's because this is the same thing that Jesus was quoting that we read together at the beginning of this, of this message tonight. This is what Jesus is quoting. He's saying, listen to it. Now, the word in the Old Testament for listen is listen, pay attention, or focus. And it's this Hebrew word, and it's called shema. Everybody say shema. 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 Say it with some oomph. Shema. shema. Right on. That's awesome. It means to listen. It means to pay attention. And it means to focus. It's to give something your undivided attention. That is so hard for us these days. I know that. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, yes, in my job, I've been trained and taught how to listen. But in my personal life, sometimes I struggle with that. You can ask my wife. I'm not always the best listener in the world. You could ask my parents. I'm not always the best listener in the world. Now, these people who want me to listen to them, they don't want me to listen to them just so that I would be quiet because they don't like the sound of my voice. They want me to listen to them because they have meaningful things to say to me. They want me to listen to them because they want me to be present in their life. They want me to listen to them because they love me. So when God is telling people, listen, pay attention, focus, he's not saying shut up. He's saying, I have a good word for you, and I want you to hear it. When I was a kid, my parents had a rule for me. They said, do not wear your water shoes and run in the house. That sounds really specific. Why would that be the rule? Because when I was a little kid, I had these water shoes. You know what I'm talking about? Like those little things that you slip on and, and you can run anywhere, but you can easily trip on them. I loved wearing these things everywhere. I thought they were the coolest shoes in the world. Just slip them on, and I'd wear them everywhere, including in the house. And my parents noticed that when I wore that in the house, I would trip all the time. They're like, Danny, listen, don't wear your water shoes in the house. And I'm like, no, please, these are the coolest things ever. Don't wear them in the house. Don't wear them in the house. One night when I was very little, I had my water shoes on. And I'm playing tag with my siblings. And I say, tag, you're it. And I run away. And I'm running closer and closer to the fireplace. And sure enough, when I tried to stop, I tripped and head right to the corner of the fireplace. If you're ever wondering what the scar above my forehead is, that's what it is. Stitches right there. Ow! I just needed to listen. My parents weren't telling me, listen, because they didn't want me to have fun. They were telling me, listen, because they didn't want me to get hurt. God is telling us, first and foremost, listen to me, because I want you to have a life that isn't full of hurt. I want you to have a life that's full of goodness. Listen. Listen shows up over and over again throughout the Bible, because it is good for our lives. It is good for us to be listeners. In fact, listening leads to faith. In the book of Matthew, Jesus would say, come and follow me, and then people would listen. They would hear him, and then they would follow him. In the book of Romans chapter 10, it says, faith comes from hearing the good news of Jesus. If we want to have faith, we need to be listeners, right? The Bible also says very clearly, over and again, before you ever even have faith, you already belong to God. Before you were created, before you were formed, before God spun the world into creation, God thought of you and God wanted you in the family. You belong to God no matter what. But following Jesus, following Jesus also means listening. 
You're already a part of the family of God. And God wants you to listen. Because that's the next step in our faith. When we listen, we develop faith. And of course, you heard in the Bible reading tonight, James chapter 1, verse 19, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Christians need to be listeners. Now, this is something that we can all work on, but I'd like for us to just evaluate. Where are we at with this tonight? So, if you wouldn't mind, if you've got notes or if you've got a phone, go ahead and take one of those out right now. I just want you to keep track of your answers over a series of 10 questions that I'm going to ask you. I want you to keep track and count out how many of these questions you answer yes to. And then we'll see where we're at as listeners. Is that okay? Can we do that? You're good? If you're good with that, say we're good. Awesome. Question number one. And don't overthink this. Just, just answer quickly and honestly. Sometimes when we answer questions like this, we're most honest when we just fired out. Ready? So yes or no, my close friends would describe me as a responsive listener. Yes or no. Question number two, when people are upset with me, I can listen to them without being defensive. Yes or no. Question number three, I listen to the words people say, the feelings behind their words, and their body language. All three of those things. Yes or no. Some of you are very tempted to answer for the person next to you, but you'll hear this question and realize you're not supposed to do that. Next question is, I have little interest in judging other people or quickly giving my opinion about them. Yes or no. Next question, I can validate another person's feelings with empathy, to step in their shoes, to join them in that feeling. Next question, I am aware of my defensive mechanisms in difficult conversations. What are your defensive mechanisms? Are they ignoring, blaming, distracting, or just appeasing, just agreeing? Why not? Next question, I am aware of, the, of how the family I was raised in has shaped my present listening style. That could be for better or for worse. Yes or no, you're aware of how you, how you grew up as a listener. And then I ask for clarification when listening rather than filling in the blanks or making assumptions, yes or no. And finally, I don't interrupt to get my point across when another is speaking, yes or no. And that wasn't finally because there is another question, my bad. It is, I give uh, people my undivided attention when they are talking to me, yes or no. Go ahead and count those out really quick and take a look at this on the next screen. If you answered 8 to 10, yes, high five. That's awesome. If you answered 8 to 10 of those as yes, you're a great listener. If you answered 5 to 7, you're making mom proud. You're doing it. Good work. 3 to 5, not bad. 0 to 2, leave. You don't belong here. I'm kidding. If you answered zero to two, yes, uh, hey, it's a great night to be here. And would you turn to the person next to you and say, I'm glad you're here. I'm so glad you're here. Really, I'm so glad that you're here. Like I said, I, uh, I struggle. I struggle sometimes with listening. I struggle sometimes with hearing the full instruction. When I was in college, I was on the TV news team. I reported for Warburg Television. I was the anchor, Dan Householder. They didn't want me to go by Danny because they thought that it sounded unprofessional. So I'd always slip it in there, reporting for WTV8. I am Danny Householder. <laughs> Nonetheless, one of the shows that I helped out with was an interview-based show. We would bring on guests, and we would interview them and talk about their life. Sometimes they were really interesting. Other times they were deathly boring, and I had to pretend. Nonetheless, right? Now, there was one night where I really should have been paying attention. I really should have been paying attention. It was kind of a last-minute thing. I was filling in for someone who couldn't do the show that night. And we had two guests. 
One of the guests I was familiar with, because Warburg was having some different comedians come in and uh, give a little bit of stand-up comedy for the night, and uh, we were interviewing this particular guest, and uh, I knew that that guest was coming in. So we sit down, I'm sitting in my seat, they're sitting in their seat, we were the Warburg Knights, and this show was called Night Watch. Yeah, pretty good, all right. Be grateful you're a cyclone or Hawkeye, but anyway. So I'm sitting across from this person, I'm like, okay, perfect, comedian. And I asked a series of questions. Among those questions, I know for sure one of the questions was, how did you know you were funny? Like, when did you realize you were funny? And then another question that I know for sure that I asked, it was written out there for me to ask the comedian, do you ever feel like people are laughing at you instead of with you? And of course, I'm like, okay, these are good questions to ask a comedian. This is great. Now, I noticed that this person was not very charismatic. I'm like, okay, that's kind of weird. Like, why isn't this comedian funny? Like, I mean, it seems a little dull, honestly, a little depressing. This is kind of sad. The person gets up, they leave, we go to commercial, the next guest comes in, and this person just so happens to be hilarious. And I'm like, oh no. Oh no. I was asking somebody else questions for the comedian, and that person wasn't the comedian. The person that I was asking questions about comedy was someone who was in town giving motivational speaking because they spent three days without food and water when they got lost on a hike. And I just asked that person, do you ever feel like people are laughing at you instead of with you? Why didn't I listen? Oh, if only we would listen. I was humiliated. Meanwhile, I'm asking the comedian, where do you find your strength? <laughs> oh, if only we listened. It would be so much better for our relationships, wouldn't it be? Man, people love to, li love to be listened to. They love to be noticed. Because listening and loving, they're almost indistinguishable from one another. Listening and loving. When someone's listening to you, you feel loved, don't you? I've told you about my little niece, Addison. Oh, I know, I know, I know, I look so cute. This <laughs> is before the haircut. She's so cute. That's my wife and, uh, and me with Addie. And uh, sometimes I feel a little insecure as an uncle um, because you can't help but feel a little bit in competition with the other aunts and uncles, you know what I mean? So here's who I'm in competition with. My wife is a kindergarten teacher. She teaches children how to read, right? So there's good competition. My sister, who is an aunt of Addie, she is an uh, infant and children's occupational therapist, so she teaches infants how to live. My brother-in-law and uncle of Addie is a pediatrician, so he helps babies live. And then you got me. <laughs> who asks people the wrong questions. And I could feel really insecure about that. Like, I mean, you know, like, like how, what, what value would I present to this relationship? You know what's neat? When I hold Addie, or when she's around me, she'll do what a lot of little kids do, right? Like, she'll just, she'll just like, she'll look at you and like, her hands will slowly come up and just grab your face. And she's almost like, she's just like, look at me. Pay attention to me. Listen to me. She's not saying words, but she's like, just be present with me. You know, like, from our earliest age, we're able to communicate that. Just be with me. Just be present with me. 
One night, she had these toys that my, you know, occupational therapist sister gave to her that helps her with, like, mo fine motor skills or different things like that, but... She's, she's taking these objects and she has to put them in a bigger object and she's a baby genius, so she's doing it. And she learned that when she would do it, we would applaud her. Yay! And she loved that we applauded her, that we noticed her, that we were watching her, that we were being present with her. But it wasn't enough just to see the people in front of her smiling and saying yay. As soon as we would all go, yay! She would turn around and look directly at my wife. You clapping? You... You seeing what I'm doing right now? Come on, Auntie A. <laughs> she has a Boston accent, I guess. Man. Okay, she didn't actually speak, but it was so every time. Yay! And she's just looking around. She does it again. Yay! Did you notice me? Did you see that? You can present value to every relationship, every person in your life, not by the gifts that you have, not by the talents that you have, but just simply being able to listen to a person. From your earliest age, you've just wanted to be listened to. From your earliest age, you just didn't want to be ignored. From your earliest age, your brain understood that when you're ignored, you feel like you're being punished. You have the opportunity to show people they are not being punished. At the same time, when people feel like they're not being heard, their brain activates and believes they're being punished. On the other side of that, when someone's noticed, and listen to, the brain activates and believes that it's being rewarded. You can give someone that kind of reward just by listening. Listening and loving are basically indistinguishable from one another. The first step to loving is listening. You worship a God who listens to you too. God's gone across the universe to listen to you. Feel that reward. The book of Psalms, it dares to say, the book of Psalms dares to say this. It says, I love the Lord because he hears me. That's right. God, the creator of the universe, he pays attention to me. He focuses on me. I have his undivided attention. He hears my voice and my prayer for mercy. Because he bends down to listen, I will pray as long as I have breath. He notices me. This is your God. The creator of the universe crossed the universe to get to you, to listen to you. In the book of John, chapter 1, it says this, in the beginning there's the word. And when John's talking about the word, John is talking about Jesus. The word is Jesus, and Jesus is the word, and the word is God, according to John. In the beginning, the word already existed. The word became human and made his home among us. Every time in the beginning of the Bible when God says something, when the word goes out, Something happens, creation sparks, things are ignited into life. Like God's words creates, create things, but then the word decided the word wanted to show up and hear your words. God's always been able to hear us. God's always been able to notice us. But when God comes into the world to listen to us deeply, we're able to understand in a new way just how closely he listens to us. The word became human and made his home among us. In Hebrews chapter 4, it says this. It says that Jesus understands our weaknesses. He faced all the, same, all the same testings that we do, yet he did not sin. God came close and he listened so deeply that he was able to actually empathize with us. He stepped into our shoes. He entered our world. He stepped into our shoes so that we would see he's relatable to us. He listens closely. 
that's not just going to activate that reward feeling in your brain. That is going to activate reward in your soul and realize there's nothing I'd rather do than to look at my, to look at my Savior, to look at my Creator, and see that He looks back at me, and I have His undivided attention. That is how closely your God listens to you. And it teaches us so much about how we can be listeners. The mark of a follower of Jesus is someone who is growing in love. And the first step to loving is listening because listening and loving are basically indistinguishable from one another. And so if we follow Jesus, we're growing in love and we become listeners like Jesus. And here's what it looks like. The first is we enter someone's world. We enter someone's world. I suppose that psychologists would call this empathizing. It's the ability to step into somebody else's shoes, to feel what they're feeling, to resist our urge to be loudest and first in the things that we say, but instead to understand where they're coming from, to leave my place and my perspective, but to join somebody else in theirs. The next is listening to listen. When the word came into the world, God just listened. God just listened. And so often, so many of us, when we're listening, we're just trying to think of the next thing to say. Does anybody else get that feeling? Someone's talking to you and you're already rehearsing what you have to say back to them. And then they said something brand new, but you're still fo focused on what you had thought of like five minutes ago and you're lost in the conversation. What if instead of rehearsing what we have to say next, what if instead of having something just to brilliantly throw out there for the person to hear us say, what if instead we just listened to listen? Because that's the greatest gift that we can give the person in front of us just to listen to them, to focus on them, to give them our undivided attention. But here's a really important thing. When you are listening like Jesus, you stay you. You can listen to someone, and you can hear all the words that they have to say. Sometimes what someone says to you won't be right. Sometimes what someone says to you won't be nice. Sometimes what someone says to you will not be life-giving. Sometimes what someone says to you will plain hurt you can still stay you. In Hebrews chapter four, when we read that passage together, it said that Jesus became relatable to us, but he didn't compromise his holiness. He didn't sin. When we're listening to people, when we're showing them compassion, compassion does not mean compromise. Compassion means presence. Compassion means understanding. Compassion means patience. Compassion means forgiveness. Compassion means hope. Compassion does not mean you compromise who God made you to be. If someone is telling you that you're not important, those words may come to your ears, but it does not change who you are. If someone's so mad at you and you're starting to feel like you're not good enough anymore, you stay you. You listen to what God has to say about you. Compassion doesn't mean compromise. Compassion means love. You want to know what God says about you? Something that I've I been doing a lot lately is I've just been reading Psalm 139 over and over my soul. It's more than a reward. I mean, it is life-giving. You stay you because you hear what your creator says about you and nobody knows you better than your creator. Listen to what your creator says about you. Would you close your eyes for a moment?
and just hear these words that the Creator says about you. And as you're listening to these words, give God your full attention here. Focus in. Hear His voice and hear what He says about you. Oh Lord, you've examined my heart. You know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it. You go before me. You follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great to understand. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Oh, your worksmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. And how precious are your thoughts about me, oh God. They cannot be numbered. I cannot even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you're still with me. You're still listening. You're still focusing. I still have your undivided attention. You are with me. You are listening. And my soul is experiencing a reward greater than I could have ever dreamed because you notice me. The creator of the universe, you notice me. You notice me. Jesus says in John chapter, in John chapter 10, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I was speaking to a shepherd one time. Uh, we do like Christmas Eve services and shepherds bring in their sheep. And so I was speaking to a shepherd and a shepherd was talking with another shepherd and they were talking about how if they were driving on a highway, they could look out into a field and see sheep. And if one of those sheep had once belonged to them, they could say, that sheep was mine. They could have told it all the way from a highway away. How's that even possible? How's that even possible? Because this shepherd grows close with the sheep. The shepherd knows the deepest parts of the sheep, and the shepherd loves the sheep. So this voice of the shepherd is a loving voice. This voice of the shepherd is not one that tells you to be quiet. This voice of the shepherd is one that tells you to listen, because this, she this shepherd wants you to live and live fruitfully, and to live with reward, to live a life that's worth living. So the sheep know that voice. The sheep respond to that voice. That voice gets the sheep's undivided attention their entire focus, not because they're forced to, but because it is the most beautiful reward, greater than anything they could have ever dreamed. Jesus says, my sheep know my voice. I know them. They hear me and they follow me. I've never heard the audible voice of God. If I did, I'd probably have to change my pants because I'd go to the bathroom right here. It'd be scary felt there needed to be some comic relief. You want to know what the voice of God sounds like? What God's saying? Well, at the end of this book of John, Jesus has died. And it sounds like the word has been silenced. Where's that voice that I so desperately wish to listen to? 
Jesus' good friend Mary came to the tomb and found the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. She was scared. What? And in this moment, Mary is afraid because this voice that loved her so deeply and spoke such beautiful words over her soul, I know you. I know what you're going to say before you say it. And my thoughts about you, my good thoughts about you, my great thoughts about you, they cannot be numbered. My thoughts about you are precious. And she thought that voice had been silenced forever. Mary's standing there by the tomb and she's crying. She wants someone to notice her someone to listen to her. And she hears a voice, but it's just words that are bouncing off of her eardrums. Why are you crying, this person says. It's not hitting her yet. She's not recognizing it yet. But then, this person who's speaking to her says a word that is familiar to her. He says, Mary, It was Jesus, risen from the dead, to say her name. God would die. God would enter the depths of death, and he would defeat it, and his lifeless body would come back to life, leave the darkness of death, Why? To say your name. To speak with you. So you could hear him. So you could listen to him. So you could hear his voice. And how beautiful is this? When Superman comes back, it is a scene, right? Stops the plane from crashing and thousands witness it. But when Jesus rises from the dead in all of his glory, he shows up to his friend who's sad. Do you want to know what God's voice is saying? He's saying your name. In the book of Isaiah chapter 47, it says, I've called your name and you are mine. Would you close your eyes again? And let's just get quiet. Sometimes when we pray, we're talking at God so much that we don't, we don't listen, right? But let's give God our undivided attention. Let's give God our focus. Hear him say your name. What's God saying to you? it's like to be heard we learn how to hear others to really hear them may we be people who listen 
May we be people who love. May we be people who follow Jesus and notice the people around us, secure in knowing that he notices us. May we follow Jesus into conversation with others. May we follow Jesus' heart in opening ours to those around us. May we follow Jesus into the shoes of other people. And may they know that we notice them, that we love them. Let us be quick to listen and slow to speak. May we be like Jesus. Amen.